Hi, and welcome to Ask the Horse Live. I'm your host, Haley Kerstetter, digital editor at thehorse.com. Tonight, we're talking about maintaining the equine gut microbiome. Whether your horse has chronic digestive issues or only presents with gut problems in more stressful situations, maintaining his gut microbiome is an important part of a horse owner's role. This event is sponsored by Purina Animal Nutrition. To answer your questions, we are joined by two expert panelists, Madeline Bost of Balance Bay Nutrition and Dr. Robert Jacobs of Purina. Welcome to both of you. Hello, everyone. I'm really looking forward to tonight's episode. Hey, everyone. Thanks for uh, joining us. Can't wait to talk to you. Madeline, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, I'd love to. So I began my education with a four-year bachelor's degree at the University of Guelph in Canada, majoring in equine management. And during this time, I completely fell in love with equine nutrition and decided to pursue a postgraduate degree. Uh, so I did my master's in equine nutrition and the research I was involved in focused heavily on equine obesity uh, and weight gain. We specifically looked at how horses of differing keeper statuses gain and deposit fat, as well as various weight loss strategies and how effective they were. Um, this was of particular interest to me as my mare is a very easy keeper. Um, and so I just know how challenging this can be for horse owners. And it's one of the reasons I decided to pursue this career path. Uh, after my master's, I launched Balanced Bay, which is an independent equine nutrition consulting company based in Ontario, Canada. And the goal of Balanced Bay is to provide horse owners with unbiased, scientifically based nutrition recommendations um, that are really rooted in the most up-to-date research as well as personalized for their horse. So this often involves a lot of traveling, but I also work remotely. Um, I work with a wide range of horses from miniature ponies all the way to racing thoroughbreds uh, and oftentimes across the globe with some clients as far as Nigeria. Thank you. And Dr. Jacobs, can you tell us a little bit about your background and your role at Purina? Absolutely. So I grew up in South Florida. I went to the University of Florida where I obtained my bachelor's and my master's degrees in animal sciences. Uh, my master's research was heavily focused on reproductive physiology, specifically how amino acid supplementation impacted <clears throat> uterine fluid clearance and blood flow during the post-breeding period. After that, I went to Virginia Tech and I completed a PhD at Virginia Tech in animal sciences, um, heavily focused again on equine nutrition and reproductive physiology. My research there focused on supplementation of uh, long chain polyunsaturated fatty acids, so specifically uh, fish oil and algae oil to obese and metabolically compromised horses, and how that impacted the uterine gene expression and the uh, early conceptus gene expression in those young developing foals. After that, um, I came to Purina Animal Nutrition, and I have been with Purina going on nine years now. My role at Purina is that of the Equine Innovation Manager, um, which means I manage all of the research and new product development that occurs out at our research farm in uh, right outside of St. Louis, Missouri, where we house a research herd consisting of uh, 80 horses, where we conduct uh, nutritional research into palatability and eating behavior, reproduction and growth, exercise physiology, and the microbiome sciences. 
Before we begin answering questions, I just want to remind everyone of our Ask the Horse Live format. We're starting with questions submitted during registration. If you're listening live and would like to submit a question, please do so via the chat window. We'll do our best to get to as many of your questions as possible. If you're listening to the podcast recording of this event and would like to join us live in the future, please visit thehorse.com slash askthehorselive to register for notifications. And with that, we're going to jump into our questions. Madeline, can you start us off with Joanne from Florida who wants to know what the gut microbiome is and how horse owners can assess its state? So the uh, gut microbiome is really a collection of microbes. I like to think of it as like a complex ecosystem where you have all different kinds of bacteria or viruses, kind of genetic material. And these beneficial microbes uh, work towards breaking down the plant material and the various feed ingredients that we feed our horses to produce volatile fatty acids. And so these volatile fatty acids then act as an energy source uh, for the horse. Um, this is a difficult area uh, of research and it's difficult to assess as we can't simply open them up and look at their gut microbiome um, as it's very complex, stretches uh, through various areas of the digestive tract as well. So for a horse owner wanting to assess the state of their horse's gut microbiome, I would suggest first getting familiar with the various scoring systems. Uh, so the body condition scoring, as well as things like manure scoring. Um, so the body condition, uh, I typically recommend for clients to score their horse every four to six weeks. An easy way to remember this is whenever your horse has a farrier appointment, think, oh, it's time to update that body condition score. Uh, also scoring the consistency of their manure, which isn't something owners commonly do, but if you're interested in tracking that gut microbiome, this can give you some really great intel and it can be especially important to do during times of sickness and a great piece of information to give to your veterinarian too. Uh, to, for scoring the manure, uh, it can tell you about maybe hydration, potential sand ingestion, fiber in the diet, um, etc. Additionally, keeping note of other aspects such as maybe the presence of hay belly can also be helpful. So although we cannot simply look at the feces and know exactly what's going on in that microbiome, we can use these scoring tools to get a pretty good idea of our horse's nutritional well-being. Dr. Jacobs, Joe from California wants to know what the difference is between prebiotics and probiotics. Joe, such a great question. Um, you know, we talk to horse owners all the time and everybody wants prebiotics and probiotics in their horse feed, but there's always this misconception about what they are and the difference. So to break it down real easy, probiotics are bacteria, right? The classical definition of a probiotic is that it's a live bacterial species that when fed to an animal produces some beneficial effect for that animal. So when we think about our horses, right, this would be a live bacterial species that you would feed to your horse in some feed form that would then inhabit a certain part of the gut. We specifically typically think of the hindgut of the horse, right? The colon and the cecum of the horse, and then it would provide some benefit like Madeline spoke about before. Could this be increasing volatile fatty acid production? Could this be helping the horse's immune system or helping the horse's exercise performance, right? So that would typically be the classical definition of a probiotic. A prebiotic, on the other hand, you can consider bug food, right? So if we think of probiotics as bugs, bacteria, 
and prebiotics as the food for those bugs, right? So these are typically indigestible fiber sources. So fiber sources that are indigestible to your horse that would then benefit the bacteria that live in the gut of your horse. So you can think of things like nanin oligosaccharides or, or uh, fructin oligosaccharides, right? These are some of the classical prebiotics that we think about as they affect the bacteria that live in the horse and not necessarily the horse itself. I think the important thing though to pay attention is when you group these terms together, not all probiotics are created equally and not all prebiotics are created equally, right? When you say, can I give a probiotic to a horse? The first question I always ask is, well, what probiotic? What specific bacteria are you feeding to your horse? And the same answer when it comes to prebiotics, right? You have to understand specifically that these are, they're all very different compounds, they're all very different things, and they have very different effects on the horse when you feed it to them. Madeline, Deborah from Ontario asks if it's necessary to feed a probiotic daily or if she should only feed it at certain times. Hi, Deborah. This is a really great question, and I love what Dr. Jacobs said about that not all probiotics are created equally. Um, so this is a tough area to research, but we know that when we feed a prebiotic, um, we typically do find it in the feces um, during that feeding period. Uh, so we know the product reaches the hind gut. Uh, but oftentimes we're unable to tell if that population has actually established in the gut. And there is research that so shows once we stop feeding the probiotic, we stop seeing that uh, th those specific strains of bacteria that we're feeding in the feces. So if your horse does not have any digestive issues, they probably don't need a probiotic daily. Uh, but if you're trying to combat some digestive issues and trying out a researched supplement, one that has been tried in horses, um, is a live bacteria, um, lots of ho horse owners will do that during times of high stress or transport, maybe around deworming, um, around dietary changes, seasonal changes, etc. Any time where there is excess stress on that digestive system. Uh, so you Definitely don't need to feed it all of your all of the time if your horse doesn't have issues. Uh, and I generally recommend a forage-based balanced diet um, and let their microbiome do its thing. But if you're looking at additional support and feel as though for your personal horse it is required or would be beneficial, there is evidence that the probiotic wouldn't continue to work and have beneficial impacts when it is not being fed. So the frequency of feeding really depends on your horse's individual situation, but I always encourage uh, horse owners to really dive into that research um, and make sure you're spending your money on something that's worthwhile. Awesome. Dr. Jacobs, Susie from Texas asks if there's any downsides to feeding a daily probiotic. This is a great question that dovetails right off of what Madeline said. To, you know, there is some research, and, and I'll take a step back. There, there is some research um, that's been done specifically in young horses, young foals, um, where they were feeding different types of probiotics to elicit benefits as it related to uh, diarrhea. And in some of this research and in some of the findings, they actually found that certain probiotics increase the incidence of diarrhea, right? So why we don't just recommend a blanket statement of feed probiotics to horses, because again, they're all very different from each other. So to answer this question more directly, what I would say is the downside would possibly be 
are you actually doing anything beneficial for your horse, right? Like Madeline said, taking a second, more than a second, and reading the research, understanding specifically what the probiotic is, is it still alive in the feed form that you're feeding to the horse? How much of that probiotic are you actually feeding to your horse? And what specific benefit are you trying to elicit, right? Just like anything else out there that we feed our horses, probiotics are not a magic bullet. They're not going to fix everything from hair coat to gut health to manure consistency to lameness and, and exercise performance, right? Probiotics should be fed because they have a very specific benefit to that individual animal that you're trying to feed them to. So there wouldn't necessarily be a drawback from a health standpoint for the majority of probiotics that are on the market for a healthy adult horse. But again, what benefit are you providing to your animal by doing something every single day? Madeline, Diane from Michigan wants to know how she can counteract the effects of a six-week regimen of antibiotics on her horse's gut microbiome. Um, hi, Diane. So, of course, yes, it's no secret that antibiotics negatively impact the microbiome of the horse. Uh, for my clients, if they're looking for something to try to combat this, or we know maybe antibiotics have to be given, uh, and we're looking at reducing those negative impacts, you can look to maybe a well-rounded gut support supplement, combining some of the things Dr. Jacobs has talked about with the prebiotics and probiotics and even postbiotics as well. Um, of course, though, it comes down to that base diet. So if your horse is on antibiotics, maybe ensuring that they have the free choice access to a quality forage with a ration balancer and with salt and really comprising that fundamental base diet is also going to go a long way in supporting their recovery and allowing their gut to recover from that six-week dose of antibiotics. Um, yeah, so when choosing a supplement, of course, look into the research um, as use your, you're using your money almost to vote for research. So we want more research in the equine industry and the supplement industry is, of course, getting better all the time. Uh, but take that extra time to look for something that is going to give those specific benefits you want and not just the first thing you see when you walk into the feed store. Madeline, we have a follow-up question for you from several listeners tonight in our live audience about scoring manure. How do you score manure and is there a specific system that you use? Yeah, so this system uh, is a six-point system. And so if you just type into Google um, scoring equine manure, it'll pop up. Uh, oftentimes, lots of websites will have really great pictures and it gives you step-by-step -step, uh, for looking at the manure um, and it, what category it falls into. Some of the um, sites will even give you some information on what that might mean. But if you're scoring manure and giving that information to your veterinarian, they'll be able to really talk you through what that means, knowing your individual horse and their individual health history. Great. Dr. Jacobs, Gary from Tennessee would like to hear your opinion on feeding fermented alfalfa as a way to support his horse's gut microbiome. Yeah, great question. You know, we think of fermented foods as it relates to humans um, and how that affects and potentially benefits our microbiome. However, with horses, I always caution against feeding fermented hay, um, haylage, silage uh, to, to horses. Horses are incredibly sensitive 
um, to to botulism that can be um, really exacerbated um, in fermented forages, fermented haze. Um, so, you know, for that being the primary reason, I, I very much um, uh, discourage horse owners from feeding fermented forages to horses. Other reasons that I would do so um, it goes back to the nutrient content, right? Uh, typically, um, versus some sun-cured haze, um, our, our fermented forages will have lower levels of vitamin D. But the other thing that you have to think of is that in a fermented forage, um, while the nutrient content of hay may very slowly change over time, the nutrient content of a fermented forage changes very rapidly as it continues to be fermented, right? As those bacteria continue to utilize the sugars and the fibers that are in that hay, um, you have a, a drastically different uh, nutritional composition of that hay time over time when you're feeding that to your horse. Additionally, um, horses actually, um, in some research studies, have been shown to decrease their, their uh, free choice intake of fermented forages. Um, so we do think of them in a lot of ways as being a negative palatin for horses. So for a lot of reasons, um, I would not personally as a nutritionist recommend the feeding of fermented forages. I know that this is a practice that is done uh, in the U.S. as well as, um, you know, uh, around the world, um, but there are significant risks associated with feeding fermented forages to horses. Madeline, Virginia from California would like to hear about the relationship between the gut microbiome and free fecal water. Hi, Virginia. So first, I'll do a quick definition or discuss what free fecal water syndrome is for those who may not know. Uh, so free fecal water syndrome is a condition in which horses produce normal manure, but during the defecation process, watery, fe watery feces may run out. So as far as the relationship between free fecal water and the microbiome goes, it does indicate gastrointestinal disturbance um, that is inhibiting the reabsorption of water from the GI tract. Oftentimes, this isn't going to be anything like severe diarrhea, or it can be something that lasts for a prolonged period of time in horses. And the exact cause and risk factors um, really haven't been fully eludicated, but we know that the tight junctions in the gut are integral. So in addition to this, the byproducts of microbial fermentation play a key role in supporting the integrity of the gut, as well as these tight junctions that we know are very important um, in this free fecal water syndrome. So free fecal water does indicate disturbance of the gut, and so supporting the microbiome to ensure that it is stable can really be a key factor in resolving free fecal water syndrome. Dr. Jacobs, Kim from Ontario has an old horse with osteoarthritis that she is managing with NSAIDs. She wants to know how long-term NSAIDs might affect the gut microbiome. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I think the, the most important thing when we talk about NSAIDs or any other pharmaceutical is to make sure that you're providing them under the direction of your veterinarian, which I'm sure you are. Um, you know, they're phenomenal uh, options for treating horses with osteoarthritis. But as you mentioned in your question, um, there are potentials for there to be side effects. And so we do know that um, long-term NSAID administration has been associated with uh, gastric ulcers in horses and also with some hindgut dysfunction specifically related uh, specifically in the colon of the horse. There is ongoing research um, around the country. There was actually a paper published in 2022 
that talked about, that investigated um, the use of both NSAIDs as well as specific COX-2 inhibitors and their effect at different areas of the horse's GI tract and specifically in different parts of the microbiome. And the research has shown that there are changes to the microbiome of a horse that is on chronic NSAID administration. And so um, while we may not necessarily know the overall effects of that, to the health of the horse, to the longevity of the horse, to the performance of the horse, we do know that when you look at the microbial community, so what bugs are there and how many of their friends they brought to the party, we do know um, that there are changes that occur when horses are on um, uh, NSAIDs for a prolonged period of time. So my recommendation, again, as Madeline mentioned, is making sure that you are keeping up with a, a consistent, high-quality forage source for your horse, Make sure that the concentrate diet that you're providing your horse is very consistent, high quality nutrition, highly digestible ingredients. And if your horse does need to be on any of these pharmaceuticals, um, that consistency in the horse's diet can help to potentially either overcome or mitigate some of the, the, the maybe side effects, if you will, of, of some of this uh, pharmaceutical administration. Madeline, Tina from Colorado wants to know about the relationship between the gut microbiome and colic. If a horse's gut microbiome is not maintained well, are they more likely to colic? When we discuss colic, I first just want to clarify that colic is a very broad term. So there are many different types of colic that may have differing risk factors uh, and causes. Uh, so always obviously consult your veterinarian. But additionally, when we talk about the microbiome, it also serves a variety of functions and does a plethora of different things for the horse from fermentation of feedstuffs to creating a barrier against toxins. So we have two very broad concepts, but when the microbiome uh, is disturbed or when we have uh, dysbiosis in the gut, any kind of gastrointestinal upset, of course, can increase that risk of colic. Uh, so with the microbiome being very diverse and the composition will differ from horse to horse, especially those reared on differing diets. Um, and when you have a big change in that, so say you're taking your horse from pasture to hay and it happens suddenly, you can cause a kill off of a bunch of those microbes. And of course, that upset in the horse's uh, microbiome can increase the chance of colic happening but both very broad terms. And of course, there's so many different types of colic and not all of them will directly relate to that microbiome. Madeline, we are going to jump back to the topic of free fecal water syndrome because Anne-Marie from our live audience would like to know what are some of the ways she can shore up her horse's diet to rebalance or support her horse's microbiome? She's tried a few types of probiotics without success. Uh, so if her horse is struggling with free fecal water syndrome, often it's a trial and error approach I take with uh, my clients that have a horse suffering from free fecal water. Always you want to have them looked at first by your veterinarian, have their teeth looked at and their dentition, make sure they are able to properly grind and consume that forage. And then I often jump to changing around um, some fiber sources adding in uh, quality uh, digestible nutrient sources, uh, vitamins and minerals, making sure it's all balanced 
prior to uh, tossing in some of the digestive supplements that we look at. Um, they can be a great tool to have in the toolbox, but oftentimes they're not a uh, one, one product fixes all sort of deal. With these chronic free fecal water syndrome cases, we really have to look at the whole picture and address that fundamental diet first. Dr. Jacobs, Vanessa in England asks if feeding a small amount of mixed fruits and vegetables could improve her horse's gut microbiome. That's a great question. Yeah, I think we're always looking for different treats and things to give to our horses. Um, you know, at, at, a, at a very base level, a small amount of certain fruits and vegetables will, will have absolutely no effect on the overall health of the horse. Um, but at the same level, it probably won't affect the microbiome of the horse either. When we think about the horse's microbiome, um, when we think about the horse in general, right, they're designed to be these grazing animals that are grazing on large pastures. And, and pastures inherently have a variety of different grass species, weeds, different things that the horse would see all the time. And so because of that, the, the microbiome of the horse is, is pretty diverse. It's pretty variable, right? And so when we think about feeding a small amount of a, of a safe fruit or a vegetable to a horse, right, the thought behind that would be to increase the diversity. But as Madeline spoke about before, just like with a probiotic, you're not gonna continue to see that probiotic in the feces of the horse after you stop feeding it. Once you've changed that diversity in the horse's microbiome, you're not gonna continue to see that diversity unless you're propagating that diversity. Right. Um, and so is it going to be a problem for the horse's microbiome? No, unless it's, you know, an unsafe fruit or vegetable. Um, but is it going to necessarily increase that diversity or, or, or support that microbiome in any, you know, real achievable way? I would say probably not. Madeline, Claire, also from England, wants to know what minerals, herbs, or other ingredients she should look for in supplements to support her horse's gut microbiome. This is a great question. And so as far as minerals go, I frequently come across horse owners that are purchasing and feeding supplements that provide maybe one or two um, vitamins or minerals. Oftentimes we see zinc and copper going together or selenium and vitamin E. Um, in certain cases, these can be very effective, but I'm not a huge fan of this unless a nutritionist has done the calculations for you, as it is quite easy to skew ratios and oversupply some nutrients while greatly undersupplying others. So as far as the minerals go in these supplements, I would strongly encourage you to, first of all, test your hay so you know what your horse's base diet is, and then match minerals to that. As far as other ingredients go, um, we've got yeast, amino acids, various like superfoods have become super popular recently, maybe things like spirulina. Um, and lots of these do have positive research uh, that has been published on them. Another one I've seen recently is corn oil being used for gastric ulcers, although I'd like to mention that this is high in omega-6s, so that should be noted. Um, other common ingredients that I really like to see are things like electrolytes and additional salt. Um, so there's truly so much variety in the gut supplement market, and it's really hard to pick out a couple of ingredients to look for when I'm not exactly sure what your goal um, for your individual horse is and what his complete ration looks like. Uh, so again, I would just say seek out uh, the supplements that have the research done on them, or if you're looking for some additional help, consult a nutritionist. 
um, that can do some of those calculations for it for you. Dr. Jacobs, Healy from Finland asks if there's any research on how the gut microbiome affects horse behavior. Yeah, what a great question. There, there's research um, ongoing into the effect of the microbiome on every single area of physiology um, across species. But if we think specifically to the horse, there has been research done. Um, there was a, some research published in 2020 out of France, actually, that was looking at the relationship between uh, different diets and the microbiome and how that affected behavior in the horse. And they were looking specifically at high starch diets. Um, you know, there's this concept that uh, was validated in, in the horse um, called the gut-brain axis. And so we do know that there are obviously nerves um, that innervate all the different organs of the horse's GI tract. And what we have found, or what the researchers have found, is that the microbiome, the bacteria that live in these different uh, uh, physiological locations, in these different organs, actually can produce the exact same neurotransmitters that the horse's own body can produce. So what that means is that these bacteria can actually interact directly with the horse itself, thus impacting their behavior, their performance, their overall activity, all these different things. Now, I say all of that to say, can we correlate directly to say that this microbiome, right, if you were to take a sample of the horse's feces and sequence it and say this microbiome would be associated with this behavior, we don't necessarily have that data yet. But if we do know is that the diet of the horse impacts the microbiome, the microbiome can then impact the behavior of the horse, right? And so you can start to see these connections that are being built. This is an incredibly complex area of science. It's an incredibly complex area of research that, that, that we're still trying to fully understand. Um, but suffice it to say, the microbiome of the horse affects every single area of that horse's physiology. Madeline Kelly from Oregon wants to know what she can do to help cultivate a better gut microbiome in her ulcer-prone horse. So when uh, we talk about gastric ulcers, it's great to mention some of the key risk factors, such as you have if you have a lack of forage, fasting periods, maybe a high-stress lifestyle, high-starch diets, um, et cetera. So when we look at kind of that big picture, um, addressing and reducing some of those risk factors are, I'm going to say, more important than simply adding an anti-ulcer supplement to support the gut. Uh, so to avoid fasting periods, one practice I see pretty frequently is that um, I'll be told that a horse maybe has free choice access to hay. Um, and maybe they get a couple flakes at 9 or 10 p.m. and then are given more hay in the morning. So in theory, they are having hay all the time. But if that horse is out of hay in the morning, when you go to give them their morning hay, that's a fasting period. So if you have an ulcer prone horse, that needs to be eliminated. Looking into things, trickle feeding, slow feeders uh, can be really beneficial because also we don't just wanna stuff our horses with unlimited hay if they maybe do fall into that easy keeper category. Additionally, reducing starch in that diet is important. Um, so those are kind of the main underlying management factors that I always want to address first. If all of that has been addressed and they're on a balanced diet without fasting periods, we've reduced starch, um, done, checked all of those fundamental boxes, 
then we'd begin looking at supplements uh, for maintenance in the gut environment. Uh, of course, it depends where those ulcers are in the GI tract, uh, and then looking for a supplement that is going to target that specific area and has research that shows with the supplement, we can really affect the pH of that area where the ulcers are occurring. Dr. Jacobs, Cynthia from British Columbia wants to know what she can do to help maintain her donkey's gut microbiome. How might donkeys differ from horses in this area? Great question. Um, you know, there's a lot of ongoing research into elucidating the difference in microbiome from horses um, and of different breeds, of different uh, genders, um, even of different physical locations. And within that, looking at the microbiome as it differs between donkeys and horses and other equids. What we know about donkeys as it relates to their microbiome is, is more so related to what we know about donkeys related to their nutritional needs, right? We know that donkeys, um, I'm, I'm gonna speak broadly here, but we know that donkeys are typically much more, uh, or have a, have, a much, have a lower protein requirement. They have a lower requirement for sugar in their diet. Um, they're much more efficient animals. And so when we think about feeding the donkey, right, we think about feeding them with good quality grass hay as opposed to necessarily adding any legume forages into there because of the higher protein content. We think about adding potentially, you know, lower, uh, lower protein level uh, concentrate diets or overall lower amounts of protein in that diet because they are more efficient animals. So just like our horses, um, you know, the effect of the diet on the microbiome obviously is, is very, very well connected. However, specifically to how the microbiome relates to the donkey's physiology, what we can say right now is that it absolutely plays a role in the efficiency of that individual animal and of that, uh, of that you know, uh, of the donkey. Um, but we're, we're not necessarily able to make very specific recommendations, if you will, on how to feed the donkey's microbiome versus that of the horse. Madeline, Nikki from England asks if a horse that previously had salmonella would be prone to a weak gut microbiome. So salmonella will, of course, affect the gut of the horse and the microbiome. Um, I don't know the nature of your horse's case, but often severe diarrhea and any major gut upset like that will devastate that microbiome. Um, this is something that will be dealt with by your veterinarian. But if we are looking at nutritional treatment and prevention after the medical treatment, um, I would like to see that horse on a well-balanced diet that incorporates salt or electrolytes to promote hydration. Uh, research is limited, but it may be beneficial to add in maybe one of those probiotic mixes as they recover too. But the body is really great at maintaining homeostasis. And, um, Published studies have shown that a small percentage of healthy horses will actually be shedding salmonella bacteria in the manure without ever showing clinical symptoms. So moving forward after treatment, I do not think your horse will suffer forever from a weak gut microbiome as they are great at getting better and maintaining that homeostasis. Uh, but I would offer additional support during times of high stress uh, simply as an additional precaution. As we previously discussed, tracking the state of the microbiome can be really useful. So in this case, I would encourage you to score your horse's manure, note how it changes during times of stress or nutritional uh, changes, lifestyle changes, et cetera. And this can be a guide uh, 
for you when additional gut support may be required. Dr. Jacobs, Angela from California wants to know what she can do to manage her PPID horse's gut microbiome. Is there a difference between managing these horses and those without metabolic issues? Yeah, great question. So, you know, we know that PPID is, is a disease that we're seeing more and more frequently as our horses are living longer lives. We are seeing increasing, um, you know, occurrences of PPID. PPID is, is one of those diseases that, that can result in insulin dysregulation, uh, muscle wasting, you know, but these are horses that may or may not be insulin resistant. They may or may not be underweight or overweight, right? And so when we think about managing the microbiome of these horses, um, the first and foremost thing that I always want to make sure that we're doing is we're managing the nutritional requirements of these horses, right? So if you have a horse with PPID that has normal insulin levels, um, then they're, they're normal weight, they don't have insulin dysregulation, um, you know, feeding them a, a concentrate diet that's, you know, lower in starch and sugar is absolutely something that I would recommend, maximizing the fiber component of that diet. If you have a horse that is insulin dysregulated, it also has PPID, that's where you really have to start taking into account the overall starch and sugar content of that diet. And not just the concentrate that you're feeding that horse, but taking into account the amount of starch and sugar in the hay, the amount of starch and sugar in the forage, the amount of starch and sugar in the supplements that you're feeding that horse. All of that together accounts for the total amount of starch and sugar that you're feeding that individual horse. You know, when we start to think about how that then impacts the microbiome of the horse, right? There are likely differences in the microbiome of a horse with PPID versus one that does not um, have PPID, right? As we think about the hormonal imbalance that occurs, I talked about that communication that happens with the bacteria in the horse. Um, but specifically managing the microbiome of the horse to affect changes to the PPID status of the horse is not something that I've personally seen a lot of research in. I bet it's an area of research that people and veterinarians are going to be looking at and researchers all over the world. Um, but as of right now, I have, I have not seen any specific research in that area. Madeline, Renee from Arizona says that they live in a dry, hot environment with drastic barometric pressure changes and humidity changes. Her horses have a high incidence of colic. She wants to know how she can better support their gut microbiome to lessen their incidence of colic in these weather changes. Uh, hi, Renee. Uh, the first thing I would suggest that you start doing if you're not doing this already is adding loose salts to their ration. Uh, dehydration is a major risk factor for colic. Therefore, promoting adequate hydration is extremely important. In cases like this, I don't think that a salt block is adequate. It's really difficult to quantify their intake and also to ensure that they are consuming enough. So allow them access to a salt block, leave your salt block in the field. Having free choice access to salt is awesome but also add loose salt to the ration so you know what they are consuming and that they are consuming enough. You could also try commercial electrolytes, but if your horses are not getting an adequate amount of salt, start with that. Uh, normally, a couple of tablespoons a day is good. However, if your horses are colic prone and have a high incidence of colic, I would strongly encourage you to have a nutritionist evaluate their diet as that nutritionist will be able to give you exact amounts. 
Of course, colic happens for a variety of reasons, and without knowing which type of colic is occurring, it can be challenging to pinpoint the cause. But in addition to adding the salt to the diet and ensuring the horse always has access to clean, fresh water, I would promote trickle feeding too. Horses have evolved to eat a small amount of forage all the time. They are grazers. Their digestive tract is really not designed to sit empty. So avoiding any fasting periods and also avoiding any large meals is going to be optimal for their gastrointestinal tract and microbiome health. So implementing these changes uh, may better support your horse's digestive systems, uh, as well as consulting a nutritionist if you are having a lot of issues with colic. Dr. Jacobs, Michaela from England asks if vaccinations or intravenous medications can affect the equine gut microbiome. Great question. So, you know, I think what's really a fascinating thing to think about is that the, the gut of the horse, the gastrointestinal tract of the horse is the largest immune organ in the horse's body. And by that, I mean, it houses the largest number of immune cells in the horse's body. So when we think about vaccinations specifically, vaccinations by design are designed to impact the immune system of the horse to cause long lasting benefits or long lasting changes to the, the immune status of the horse. And so when we think about how that then interacts, right, with the largest immune organ in the body being the gastrointestinal tract, which also houses the majority of the horse's gastrointestinal microbiome, there are absolutely effects that happen. We do see that when horses undergo uh, challenges in which there's increased inflammation, um, or increase immune challenges, we do see changes to the microbial population, to the microbial community, or to the microbiome. Um, so I think the answer to your question is yes, there are absolutely changes that can happen. Now, whether these are long-lived changes or whether they are, you know, acute changes that happen as a horse has, you know, a, an appropriate reaction to a vaccination, um, I think those are still questions that we're, we're, we're still trying to understand the answer to. The second part of your question to intravenous medications, um, not knowing which you know medications you're, you're, you're speaking of, um, you know we already talked a little bit about NSAID administration. Um, you know there is some research that's been done to look at the uh, specifically in humans actually the microbiome of of humans that have been sedated or anesthetized, and and, and again some of that research is moving over to horses as well. Um, but what, we, what I would say is that those changes are, are likely very, very short-term changes that we would see um, and changes that would be very probably hard to detect um, with any of our, our current you know, ability to, to analyze the microbiome of the horse. But if you think about the horse's GI tract, again, is this very large immune organ um, and, and that, that microbiome that's housed in there, any changes to the immune status of the horse can absolutely change the microbiome of the horse and vice versa. Changes to the microbiome can impact the immune health and the inflammatory status of the horse as well. Madeline, Gloria from Ohio wants to know what the differences are in the microbiome of an old horse versus a younger horse. She has a 40-year-old pony and would like advice on supporting his gut microbiome. Wow, 40-year-old pony, that is pretty cool. Um, congrats on that. And as horses age, there are many physiological changes. And one of the biggest issues I see as a nutritionist is that when old horses begin to not do as well on the ration that they have always thrived on. So oftentimes this is due to them not being able to get as much out of that forage or maybe issues with dentition. 
Uh, that being said, I do always like to see senior horses on long stemmed forage uh, still, as long as it is safe for them to consume that. So uh, with your senior pony, um, I would always recommend that, of course, you're using a ration balancer, especially oftentimes I'll see a senior horse maybe being fed some senior feed or a complete feed, but it's being fed at a feeding rate below what the manufacturer recommends. So if this is the case, you'll need to be adding in a ration balancer. And with consuming those, I recommend consulting a nutritionist so that you're not over or under supplying anything. And that calculation can be done for you. Uh, additionally, uh, forage access is going to be really important. And with forage access and these senior horses, test your hay. Um, it's so important to know what your horse is eating, what that protein content of the forage is. Um, forage makes up so much of the diet and most horse owners can tell you, oh yeah, my complete feed, I feed my horse is 12% crude protein. But it's not as common that they know that about their forage, which is the majority of the diet. So test the hay, make sure that you're meeting the basic uh, protein, energy, uh, vitamin and mineral requirements. And then if your horse maybe is on the skinnier side, looking at adding maybe an oil for some extra energy uh, or additional supplements at that point. Um, yeah, of course, I don't know all the details on your pony, so I'm not sure with his dentition if this is something that's feasible for him. So if you're concerned, I would definitely consult your veterinarian and a nutritionist as well. Dr. Jacobs, Catherine from New York wants to know how she can support her horse's gut microbiome when she's traveling to horse shows. Great question. Um, you know, I think that's one of the times where we're always kind of nervous to see what's going to happen to our horses. And what I would say is consistency is key. Making sure that you can keep your horse's regimen as consistent as possible. If they eat at certain periods or certain times during the day, make sure that they're eating during those times, even when they're traveling making sure that they have consistent forage in front of them. And what I mean by that is don't just necessarily change their forage because you think you're going to be benefiting them as they're traveling, right? We see sometimes that people will switch completely from a, a grass hay to an alfalfa hay when that horse is, is traveling. And, and I highly recommend against that because you're changing completely the forage component like Madeline just spoke about, the predominant component of that horse's diet. And you're changing that very, very rapidly. Not saying you can't add some alfalfa hay into that diet while the horse is traveling to maybe provide some additional gastric support, um, but I would not necessarily make large scale changes to that horse's diet. Make sure that that horse has fresh, clean water available to them. Make sure that the horse has electrolytes if they need them. Make sure you're providing some type of a gastric support supplement, right? Efficacious supplement to that horse. <clears throat> um, and then altogether, it's reducing the overall stress on that horse's environment on that horse's day-to-day, -day. all of that combined together can help to support the overall uh, uh, you know, microbiome and physiology of that traveling horse. Madeline, Judith from New York asks if the gut microbiome changes with seasonal changes. This is a great question, and the gut microbiome does change throughout the year, but it is important to remember that it is constantly changing. It's a very complex system with so many moving parts and differing micropopulations, uh, which is always changing. Uh, one study that comes to mind uh, tracked the fecal micro, uh, microbes in horses 
over one year, I believe the study was in New Zealand, and so they were able to show that the microbiome was more diverse when the horses were maintained on pasture in the warmer months than when the horses were supplemented with hay. The authors from the study concluded that the composition of the microbiome of these horses did vary with seasonal changes, but it was mostly attributed to the dietary changes that coincide with the weather change. Um, another study simil similar to this one that was done in the States looked at um, horses just with different, um, different lifestyles. And so with this, uh, they also found differences in the micro microbiomes of the horses. So when you're thinking about seasonal changes uh, and really evaluating the horse's nutrition, as seasonal changes approach, think about how the diet and lifestyle changes um, correspond to uh, the seasonal changes, because it might not just be seasonal changes that are making these impacts, but also lifestyle changes and dietary changes that happen to occur at the same time period. Dr. Jacobs, we have a question from Cornelia in our live audience. She asks, when we're talking about the equine intestinal microbiome, is most of that in the hindgut or are we referring to the stomach or other parts of the GI tract as well? And it's such a great question. So the, the, when, we, when we think largely about the microbiome of the horse, yes, we are referring to the microbiome that exists in the uh, hindgut of the horse, so the cecum and the colon of the horse. However, there is a microbiome of every specific part of that horse's GI tract from their mouth all the way through to their rectum. We can take samples of different parts of these, uh, different parts of, of, of the GI tract, um, you know, obviously using a swab for saliva, or we can take a sample from the stomach when we're scoping the horse. Um, and then on necropsy, there have been samples that have been taken from the various areas of the small and large intestine of the horse. And there are drastic differences between the foregut of the horse and the hindgut of the horse. And I always like to equate it to, you know, form following function, right? The, the function of these specific areas of the GI tract are different, right? The small intestine versus the large intestine of the horse, the hindgut of the horse. And because of that, the form, right, the microbiome, the makeup of that microbiome is different as well. And so, yes, while you typically will, you know, see the word microbiome as it relates to the horse and that will specifically relate to the hindgut microbiome, it's a, it's a phenomenal thing to point out that every single part of the horse has its own very unique and very, very different microbiome. Dr. Jacobs, Janice in New York has another question regarding the hindgut. She wants to know if feeding yeast culture helps with hindgut health. So it's a great question. So, you know, yeast cultures are, 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 are I think, probably what you can say some of the original, um, you know, original uh, ways to impact the microbiome of the horse, right? Yeast are generally very easy to grow. I think those of us that have, you know, drink a beer, made bread, right? We always, you know, the effect of yeast. Um, yeast also produce a variety of different compounds as they ferment the different substrates that they're fermenting, right? And these different compounds may or may not have beneficial effects on the overall health of the animal. What I would say about specific yeast compounds and yeast-derived compounds is what I said before. Go back to the research and look at what that research says. Not all yeast is created equal not all yeast-derived substrates are created equal, right? There are certain prebiotics that are yeast-derived prebiotics that have very beneficial effects on senior horse, 
excuse me, senior horse health, for example. But there are other yeast-derived prebiotics or yeast-derived fermentates that show no benefit to the overall health and performance of horses. So what I, again, go back to the research, look at what the specific compounds that you're feeding to your horse are, what those specific fermentates are, and how that benefits the overall physiology of the horse. Madeline, Debbie from California says that her horse gets loose manure when he's fed new hay, but she keeps him at a boarding facility so she can't change this management practice. Is there anything she can do regarding his gut microbiome to help him through these periods of change? Hi, Debbie. Of course, not having control over management is a major challenge when it comes to your horse's nutrition. Um, but yeah, one thing I'd like to mention is that horse owners normally do a fantastic job at making slow transitions from concentrates or commercial products, but will normally hop from one hay type to another and not think twice about it. For example, switching from 2022 hay to your brand new 2023 hay. So what is likely happening with your horse um, is that the change in fiber is a shock to that microbiome causing dysbiosis or killing off some of the microbe populations. Of course, my number one recommendation would be transition slowly, but of course that's not an option. So I would play around with gut support supplements and ensure consistency in everything else in your horse's life during these hay transition periods that you don't have control over. Uh, so while your hay is being changed, maybe you don't make any other dietary changes or we reduce stress in other areas of the horse's life to combat uh, that stressful period for your horse and try to give him or her the uh, best chance at recouping that microbiome in their hindgut when they are comfortable on the new forge. Dr. Jacobs, Angela from Wisconsin asks if mares have different needs in terms of their gut microbiomes than geldings or stallions. Great question. So uh, there's, we've done some research um, and we've actually identified differences in the microbiome of geldings, mares and stallions all housed on the same property, all housed or all managed in the same way with the same concentrate feed. So the, the gender effect is an absolutely real effect on the microbiome of the horse. That being said, specifically related to the needs of that microbiome and are there different ways that you need to manage the microbiome of those individual horses outside of the different nutritional considerations for those individual animals, we don't have any specific recommendations in that area. So for example, uh, for some stallions, they do require a higher energy content in their diet, depending on what they're being asked to do, whether they're breeding stallions, performance stallions, so on and so forth, versus some of those, you know, their contemporary geldings that they would be housed with. So you would wanna make sure that you're meeting the nutritional needs of that individual horse. Specifically related to the mare, obviously you wanna feed that mare based on their pregnancy status, based on their activity level, based on their body condition, as Madeline pointed out earlier. And so um, while we can identify changes or differences, if you will, in the microbiome of those individual animals, managing them differently simply based on that microbiome, I would, I would, I would definitely move towards managing them based on their nutritional needs instead. Madeline Martin from Ireland asks if horses on a forage-only diet need supplementation to maintain a healthy gut microbiome. Yeah, so I love forage-based diets, and if you follow Balanced Bay, you'll often see lots posted about it. However, a horse cannot be maintained on a forage 
only diet most of the time, if not all of the time. They need additional vitamins and minerals provided in the diet. So therefore, if you have your horse on a forage only diet, um, I do not necessarily think you need to be adding a supplement marketed for gut support, but you should be feeding a high quality ration balancer that provides the horse with the vitamins and minerals that your hay is likely lacking. Your hay should also be tested so you can ensure you are meeting the protein and energy requirements of that horse too. Gold standard would be to test your hay and choose a ration balancer that matches it uh, and complements that nutrient profile. For example, if the forage is meeting your horse's protein requirement, you can opt for a ration balancer that is simply vitamins and minerals. On the other hand, if you test your hay and it is determined that additional protein is required, there are ration balancers that also have some added protein in too. Dr. Jacobs, with just a few minutes left, this will be our last question. It's from Luis in Mexico, who wants to know how to cultivate a healthy gut microbiome in foals. Luis, great question. You know, we think about the foal as this kind of very unique little critter, and they almost have, um, you know, this very plastic or moldable microbiome. And so we've done a lot of really cool research to understand the, the population and how we start that population, the initiation of the population of the foal's microbiome. The foal's GI tract is not sterile when they're born. The population of that microbiome starts while that foal is still in utero. Up to about day 70 of that foal's life post-foaling, the microbiome can be very plastic, can be very different, and that makes a lot of sense, right? The foal is transitioning from solely consuming 100% milk to maybe starting to dabble around and consume a little bit of forage, a little bit of concentrate, and even a little bit of shavings or manure. After day 70, what we typically see is a microbiome that is almost identical to that of their dam, of the mare uh, to, to which, to, to, from which they're born. And so when we think about supporting the overall full development of their microbiome, again, consistency is key. And also making sure that we're providing that foal with very high quality concentrate diets to support their nutritional needs, very high, uh, high quality forage to make sure that we are starting to prime that entire GI tract to, to start to utilize that forage, to start to produce those volatile fatty acids that are going to be critical to the energy needs of that horse as they age and as they progress later on in their life. Thank you. That's all the time we have for tonight. And I want to thank both of you for joining us. Thank you thank for you. having me. I had a blast chatting about all things nutrition. I couldn't agree more. This is a phenomenal evening. Hope everybody learned a lot. Thank you to Purina Animal Nutrition for sponsoring this event. And finally, thank you to our audience for listening in and sending these questions. If you're listening to us after the live event as a podcast episode, please rate, review, subscribe, and recommend Ask the Horse Live to a friend. Until next time, from everyone at the horse, have a great night.